Welcome to Christmas time at Desert Hills. We're excited about you being here over the next few weeks as we spend Christmas here at Desert Hills. Now, Christmas time is a special time for almost everyone. Now, how many of you, uh, be honest now, I'm going to out you this morning. How many of you have been listening to Christmas music since November? Anybody? Okay, we all have marked you now. We all, have, we all know who you are. Now, Christmas time is a special time. Every year we expect it. We look to our calendars, prepping our food, prepping our travel, our Christmas traditions, our gifts, and how we're going to celebrate the season. But the first Christmas was quite unexpected. The Bible tells us that Caesar Augustus had set uh, the world in motion by sending out a decree that all the world should be taxed. In fact, Luke tells it this way, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, because he was of the house and lineage of David at a place called Bethlehem. Now, traveling 90-plus miles during a time when everyone was called to go to their ancestral home would have no doubt been daunting. But traveling while your spouse's wife was pregnant would have been difficult and nearly impossible. Because the Bible tells us that Mary was great with child. In other words, she was ready to deliver that child. Augustus Caesar had set the world in motion and had set the prophecies of Micah in motion. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though thou be little amongst the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee he shall come forth unto me that is to be a ruler in Israel. Think about this. Whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. That's speaking of none other than the Messiah. We know him as Jesus Christ. Now, the first Christmas may have been unexpected to Mary and Joseph, but it wasn't unexpected with God. God had been silent for 400 years. There had been leaders in Israel. The Maccabees were leaders. There were other leaders in Israel. But there had not been a prophet since the time of Malachi. So Mary and Joseph find themselves of all places in the small hamlet of Judah known as Bethlehem. And although it was unexpected to them, it wasn't unexpected in God's sovereign timeline. Galatians tells us in chapter 4, in verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Now, the video depicts Mary and Joseph having an encounter with the rejected shepherd, Simone. I'm not sure how that, that's how things went down. But we do know that Mary and Joseph were in their ancestral home. Yet being there, they did not stay with family. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about as they're called to go to Bethlehem, they have to go and try to find a room in an inn? If it's their ancestral home, why aren't uh, uh, family opening up their doors and opening up their homes and opening up their rooms for Mary and Joseph as they've traveled 90 plus miles from Nazareth? Maybe Mary and Joseph could not stay with family because their family was ashamed. After all, Mary was with child before she was officially married, which would have no doubt brought shame 
amongst the pious people of Bethlehem. Now, I honestly believe they could not stay with family because their family rejected them. Just like our humble shepherd was rejected by the Pharisees and his fellow shepherds in the video. Now, we also see that Mary and Joseph were rejected in the scriptures by an innkeeper. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, a cattle crib, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, many historians believe the inn was known as Chimham's Inn. It had been there for a thousand years. The prophet Jeremiah even speaks of it in his day. The innkeeper, no doubt, was busy. People were coming from all over the world because of the census and taxation. Meals had to be prepared. Guests had to be entertained. Rooms had to be cleaned and attended to. When Mary and Joseph came to the innkeeper, they were most likely an interruption. They asked for a room, and the innkeeper laughs. A room? You should have made a reservation. Joseph explains to him that his wife is going to have a baby and pleads with the innkeeper. Finally annoyed, the innkeeper says, all right, you can sleep in the stables. And he goes on with his work. The innkeeper goes down into history nameless because he had no room for Jesus in his inn. Now, let me ask you this Christmas. Are you making room for Jesus? You see, the innkeeper could have gave him the best room in the house, his very own. But he had no room for Jesus. He missed an encounter of bringing the Messiah into the world. And the fact of the matter is, we often miss our encounters with Jesus. You know, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible, and as I've read the Bible, it's as if God is literally speaking through his word. I don't know how many times I've read the Bible being discouraged, and I open up the Psalms, and I, I see a Psalm like Psalm 121, I'll lift up mine eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Behold, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee. He shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. He shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I don't know how many times I've read the word and I've got the encouragement I needed for the moment. But oftentimes, we don't make room for Jesus. I don't know how many times I've been to church or somebody's told me they've been to church and they'll say, Pastor, do you remember saying this when you said that it encouraged me and they'll explain something that I said and I'll say, honestly, I don't. But you know what? Because they made room for Jesus, it gave God an opportunity to speak. Do you know that God often uses the circumstances in our lives to speak to us, to get our attention. Recently, I ran into a 28-year-old young man, and he is, uh, uh, as a 28-year-old, he's independently wealthy. He got involved in some uh, business uh, uh, with electronics and, and uh, was able to sell out in that business, and 
as a 28-year-old, he no longer has to work. Must be nice, amen? <laughs> but as I was talking to him, I found out he was missing something. And I started speaking into him, and he says, what do you do for a living? I said, well, it just so happens I'm a pastor. And then he started asking me questions. And I started giving him answers. And I started asking him questions. And he started giving me answers. And then I said to him, I said his name, and I said, did it ever occur to you that this wasn't a coincidence? That God put me in your path as an inconvenient agnostic, he called himself. He put me in your path to speak to you today. And he said, well, that's just a coincidence. I said, you can call it a coincidence. I said, but here when you're looking for questions or look, you're looking for answers amongst your questions and you're looking for direction and you're looking for purpose in your life, who does God put in your path? A Bible teaching preacher. You know, God does that stuff all the time. He speaks even through his creation. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, we uh, know this as general revelation. The Bible says, for the invisible things um, from, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You can't help but look at the sky and look at the sun and look at the human body and the complexity of the organism that it is. You can't but help look at a, a little baby in a, in a crib or, or in a mother's arms and think to yourself, this didn't just happen. If there's a design, there's a designer. If there's a creation, there's a creator. This didn't just happen. God speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us through his son and his word. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus holds all the brightness of the glory of God and is the express image of the personage of God. I like how John's gospel relates this of Jesus' incarnation. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and the Word, verse 14, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, God wanted man to encounter God himself. So God spoke by giving us his word, his son, Jesus. And we often miss the encounters uh, God has for us. God is often at work, and we are often too busy and too occupied to perceive his work in our lives. And just like the Pharisee in the video this morning, we are filled with scriptures and thoughts of religious things, but we miss out on genuinely encountering the Messiah because we don't have room for Jesus here and here. 
I want to encourage you in your life to make room for Jesus. You know, 2022 is shutting its doors, and in just a few days, the doors of 2023 will swing open. Will we covenant to make room for Jesus in the new year? Will we make his word a priority in our lives? Will we look for him at work in our lives through the circumstances that he sets in front of us? Will we make room for Jesus by faithfully serving him and serving others and being faithful to hear his word at church? If you're here this morning, and, and let me say this, and do not know God personally, I want to encourage you to make room for Jesus in your heart to be saved. I love what John chapter 14 says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Bible doesn't say he is a way and a truth and, and, and some of life. It says he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to have a relationship with the Father is through him. I believe God is reaching out to us always. And I believe God is reaching out to us and sometimes we cannot perceive it. And I want to encourage you, as the Bible says to the churches in, in uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. We have to open our ears and open our hearts and open our eyes to perceive him as uh, he is at work in our discouragement. Perceive how God is working in our lives, uh, in our, our difficulties. Perceive how God is at work in our lives. Open your eyes, open your heart, open your ears, and I'll tell you what, you'll be amazed at what you see. In the video, Simone is despised and rejected in his sacrifice by his fellow shepherds and by society at large. And many people feel the same way. I'm positive that's how Mary and Joseph felt that first Christmas. They feel like their best is rejected. They're rejected by their peers, and they can't seem to find a place for themselves, and they can't seem to find a place in life. But always understand, God is at work, and God is trying to reach out to you. Here's what Galatians says. It says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, but there's more, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. You see, God has taken the greatest strides, the greatest steps to help us understand his heart towards us. He gave his only begotten son to redeem us, to redeem us from the law. The law could never save. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to God. The law helps us understand that we're sinners in need of a savior. And God did that. He sent Jesus to make us his sons. Now, you may feel like no one loves you and no one wants you, but I want you to understand that God has proven his love to each and every one of us in his desire to have a relationship with us 
by giving us his son. He wants you as a part of his family so much, he gave that which was most precious to him, his son, Jesus Christ. First John says it this way, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. First John chapter 4 says this, In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation, to satisfy God's wrath, to satisfy all of God's righteousness and demands for our sins. You see, God desires a relationship with us. And if you have never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I want you to understand something this morning. He desires to show mercy and grace and love to your soul. He came into this world to change it, he came into this world to change us. And by changing us, we can make a difference in this world. Now, how did the birth of Jesus change the world? Here's what one historian says. He says, in the midst of the squalor, misery, illness, and anonymity of ancient cities, Christianity provided an island of mercy and security. And it all started with the birth of Jesus. In contrast, in the pagan world, and especially among philosophers, mercy was regarded as a character defect and pity as a pathological emotion. Because mercy involves providing unearned help or relief, it's contrary to justice. Thus, humans must learn to curb the impulse to show mercy. The cry of the undeserving for mercy must go unanswered. Showing mercy was a defect of character unworthy of the wise and excusable only in those who had not yet grown up. This was the moral climate into which Christ was born. But God demonstrated his mercy in giving Jesus that first Christmas. And every Christian that is living out the gospel also shows mercy to others, undeserved pardon. You see, Christians, those who have been saved, Christmas ought to be a reminder to each one of us that because of Jesus Christ, we can have sonship. We can be a part of the family of God, and our God wants to help our emotions. Our God wants to help our physical needs. Our God wants to help us with our psychological needs, but it all starts with the relationship. Jesus said in John chapter 10, the thief cometh not but to rob and to steal and to kill. You know, I did some research the other day, and had a conversation with a young person, and they said the mental and emotional struggle between those that are 13 and 28 years old has escalated higher than it's ever been in our modern era. The emotional and psychological, the incidents for desire for suicide, the incidents for emotional struggle, the incidents for not being able to cope and deal with their feelings is higher than it's ever been before. And I don't know if you understand this, during the holiday season, that's when more suicides, that's when more people take their life than any other time of the year. But I want you to understand something. 
When Jesus Christ comes, the Holy Spirit comes. And the Holy Spirit is known as the Comforter. And I can tell you personally that when I have dealt with difficulty in my life, when I've dealt with stress in my life, when I've dealt with hardship in my life, I have felt the presence of God through his spirit comforting me as I've gone through those times. So I think one of the things that's missing in our young people is God. And those directing those young people back to God and back to God for help in those difficult times and back to God uh, to have strength during those difficult times and back to God to have emotional help during those difficult times. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to rob and to steal and to kill. But he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You see, the first Christmas was unexpected. The circumstances were unexpected. The surroundings were unexpected. They didn't understand that they were going to have to leave Nazareth to come all the way down to Bethlehem. The characters were unexpected. But your Christmas can be filled with expectation and hope. You can make room for Jesus this Christmas, and he will only benefit your life. Christians, I want to encourage you to perceive how God is trying to reach out to you. And those that may be here today and do not know Jesus Christ, I want you to think about your life and think about those incidents when you knew something was unexplained, when you could sense maybe something going on, when you could feel and, and, and sense a, a, a someone pulling at your heartstrings. Maybe you could surmise that to the Holy Spirit, trying to get your attention for your need of a Savior. Heavenly